0: Luke 1, beginning of verse 26. Let's read God's Word together. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. The first point I want to make this evening is that Jesus is the King. He is a King from eternity past as we look in Isaiah chapter 6 and see Him high and exalted in Isaiah chapter 6 in great majesty, as Tom England, our worship leader, talked about in worship this evening. He emptied himself and left all of the majesty of heaven, though, to come and take the form of a servant and to humble himself and clothe himself with frail humanity. We see the story here as the angel Gabriel comes to Mary to tell her the news of what God is about to do in and through her. Mary, though a virgin, was used by Almighty God to give birth to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ. We see in verse 32 that the angel Gabriel said to her about Jesus He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. We've been learning about this in church, about how the the promise of the Messiah to come is written all the way back in the Old Testament, when the Lord speaks a promise to King David of Israel, saying that. He will have one of his sons on the throne forever and ever, and his kingdom will never come to an end. We learn how that happens here as Gabriel speaks to Mary and tells her that the Lord God will give to Jesus the throne of his father David, and he, speaking of Jesus, will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end it's interesting in first kings chapter 8 verse 27 king solomon david's son who was also king of israel was used of god to build the first temple in israel and at the prayer of dedication of that glorious temple in the history of israel solomon prayed speaking to the Lord, and said this, But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Will God indeed dwell on the earth? The good news this evening, my friends, is that God indeed has come to dwell on the earth in the person of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity. And not only that, Solomon prayed right after that, but will God indeed dwell on the earth? And he prayed, behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you. I love that phrase and that expression, brothers and sisters. Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you. And he says, how much less this house that I have built. Acknowledging that with human hands, there is no way to build a house for God to dwell in because heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain God. This is speaking of the doctrine of the immensity of God and how great and how vast he is that the highest heaven cannot contain him. And yet, the good news this evening is that the uncontainable one, my friends, The uncontainable one willingly offered himself to take on frail humanity and to be contained in the virgin's womb. The uncontainable one offered himself up willingly to be contained in the virgin's womb that he might be born. The king, who was the promised one, promised from the ancient days, as Tom read this evening to us. The offspring of the woman who had come to crush the head of the serpent, Satan. Who came not only to be born, but the good news this evening is that for anybody who repents of their sin and believes in Jesus Christ... Not only did Christ come to simply be born, but as one Christian said, he was born to die. This king, this king of kings, Jesus Christ from the line of David, the uncontainable God, offered himself up to be contained in the virgin's womb, to be born so that he might die for your sins and for mine. And anybody, the good news is, is that anybody in this room who repents of their sins and tells the Lord they're sorry for what they've done and for the distance they've allowed their hearts throughout their life to put between them and God, and for all the years of ignoring God and not giving God their hearts, tonight, anyone who repents and tells the Lord they're sorry, anybody who repents and puts their trust in Jesus, this uncontainable king who offered himself up to be contained in the virgin's womb, anybody who puts their trust in him will be born again and saved. Oh, I offer that good news to you in the hopes that every single one of you this evening would either respond for the first time in repentance and in faith and be saved by the Lord for their salvation found in no one else other than in Jesus Christ and the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the Son of Man and the Son of God, King Jesus. There is salvation found in no one else other than Him, but the good news is, is that God sent His only Son down in love to come and die on the cross. For sinners. This indeed is a Merry Christmas for those of you who will indeed repent and believe. Won't you do that? He's not only a king, he's also a savior, and that compounds the good news. If you look at Mary in verse uh, 46, look at verse 46 in Luke 1 with me. Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. She acknowledges that Jesus is not only God, but also Savior. Mary, even though she gave birth to Jesus as a virgin, even though she gave birth to Him, recognized that she herself needed to be saved from her sins and to put her trust in this child that she had born. And likewise... We need to put our trust in this child, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who was born from the Virgin Mary of the Holy Spirit. And if you will believe in him, you will be able to rejoice as well as Mary did, in God, your Savior. And the final thing I want to highlight is from Zechariah's prophecy, and later on in Luke chapter 1, in the section that's marked in your bulletin, beginning of verse 67. Would you read God's word with me in your phones and your Bibles, please? And his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. The dawning of the king began with David, and the fulfillment of the promise came to pass in the person of Jesus Christ, verse 70, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies, and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers, and to remember his holy covenant, The oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways. Here Zachariah is prophesying about his son, John the Baptist. And in verse 77, the word says, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise, oh, the dawning of the great king and the sunrise of the coming of Jesus Christ shall visit us from on high. Oh, and look at what Jesus' ministry is and does. Verse 79. To give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Isn't that a wonderful verse? Verse 79. Read that together with me again. To give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of Peace. I had the honor earlier today to share the gospel with a man named Taino. And as I was sharing with him and just getting to know him as a friend, one of the things Taino was telling me about was that he lost three relatives to death over the course of this past year. He was brought very low. And he also told me that he himself almost died of a car accident earlier in the year. Actually, as he was on the way to travel to one of his relatives' funerals, his car on the highway had flipped over at high speed and it landed on its roof. And he was just telling me that it was a miracle that his life was spared. And he showed me the scar that he had from the accident. And we were marveling about... God sparing his life. And I also had the opportunity to share with him about Jesus Christ. Because Taino has need to hear of a God who would send his own son. A God who is uncontainable. Who is so good and so loving and so awesome. That even though he is uncontainable and the highest heavens cannot contain him, he would willingly come and offer himself up to be contained in the virgin's womb to come and be born in order to give men and women light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. What a description this fallen world is here in verse 79 that those who dwell in darkness, as the uh, Isaiah prophecy says, and here to those who sit in darkness, this world, my friends, as you who observe it closely can see, is filled with darkness and confusion and injustice and all manner of wickedness. And there's really no hope for this world apart from if God will give it light. And the good news is, is that God did provide the light of the world, Jesus Christ, to come and to shine forth to a people sitting in darkness, so that their eyes might be opened, and so that they might be born again and saved, forgiven of their sin if they'll repent and believe. He also has made a way for those who sit in the shadow of death. There's many of us over this last year who have tasted the bitterness of death, even as we've lost family members and church members who are beloved, and we have pondered and we have wept together as a church family, and not just those of us who believe, but also unbelievers like my new friend, Taino, who lost three family members over the last year. What hope is there when this world here is marked by sin and darkness and the wages of sin, which is death? Well, there's one hope. The uncontainable God offered himself willingly to become contained in the virgin's womb, and then to be born. And he came and he died on the cross to suffer in the sinner's place. And not only did Jesus die on the cross, but the good news for those who dwell in the valley of the shadow of death this evening is, is that our God, the Lord Jesus Christ, did not remain in the grave But on the third day, friends, and what a happy thing to celebrate, not just on Resurrection Sunday, but also on Christmas Eve, that our Lord Jesus not only died for our sins, but on the third day was raised to new life to give those dwelling in darkness and who sit in the valley of the shadow of death hope this evening, if you'll believe. Because Jesus not only conquered sin through his shed blood on the cross for those who believe, but he also conquered death by beating death by rising up over it on the third day. To give every single one of us hope that for those of us who have loved ones, who have died in the Lord, we will see them again in heaven if we repent and believe in Jesus, and also, if I might add, for our own selves. Our lives are not guaranteed to be long ones. None of us in this room knows how long we have to live. But one of the things the most glorious good news of the gospel provides is deliverance from the fear of death. For those who will trust in Jesus. If you will trust in Jesus this evening, you can have the assurance, my friend, that all your sins have been forgiven by the shed blood of the Lord Jesus. And his resurrection from the dead was God the Father's exclamation point, that it is indeed finished, and that Christ's sacrifice on the cross on the sinner's behalf has been accepted. And God's wrath has been satisfied against our sin because Jesus borne it in our place as a substitute. He died and he rose again. And every single person who believes in Christ and who dies, they don't die in their sin. They die in the Lord and they will be raised up on the last day when Jesus returns. And so your heart and your life can be filled with hope this evening as you sit and dwell, as I do, in the shadow of death. You can be delivered from the fear of death yourself this evening by trusting, trusting in the good news about Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, the uncontainable one who offered himself up to be contained in the virgin's womb, who was born, so that he might die, and who died so that you who believe might live and live eternally. Is that not good news on this Merry Christmas Eve, my friends? Can we thank the Lord for how awesome he is, for what he's done in providing such a sacrifice for us? I'd like to have the worship band return. I'm going to pray and just ask for God to bless the rest of our evening together. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for the good news of hope that we have, that you are a King, Jesus, and you're also our God and Savior, as Mary proclaimed. We also thank you for the good news that, oh, Lord, you have given light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and you've also given light to guide our feet into the pathway of peace. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would minister peace and comfort to everybody in this room this evening who has lost a relative in the last year or last couple of years and are still grieving greatly. Minister peace and comfort to our church family who have lost relatives this past year. Help them to put their trust in you and be comforted and to know that you're with them and that you love them this Christmas. Lord, also, I pray you would deliver everybody here from the fear of death. Because they put their trust in you, Lord. And anybody who puts their trust in you knows that for them, death will not be the end and lead them into an eternity in hell. But for them, death will mean seeing their Savior face to face. Would you minister peace, Holy Spirit, to every one of us as we ponder your birth and as we celebrate your birth, that you came, will God indeed dwell on the earth? Yes, you have. You indeed did dwell on the earth in the person of Jesus Christ. And God, we thank you so much for not only dwelling on the earth, but living for us and dying for us on this earth and rising from the dead for us to give sinners living in darkness, great light to look to, to guide our feet into the pathway of peace. If we will turn to you and repent this evening, minister comfort and peace and joy and hope to everybody in this room, and move every heart to trust in you as their Lord, as their King, as their Savior, in Jesus' name, amen. Merry Christmas to you all. Let's all stand.